Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 262, and I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. I'm host number three, Dr. Corey Petty. How was y'all's week this week? You go first, Cello. Uh, It was pretty good. Uh, Got a lot done. And uh, I'm going to shift it over to you real quick, because I heard you're actually speaking at DevCon, and I got really, really excited. That's very cool. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I may or may not. Um, someone has recommended me to uh, be on the board that reviews the security track. So uh, I thought it was they were recommending me for a talk, but it might be more than that. So it's it's quite a bit of an engagement in terms of a, a, a amount of hours needed to go and participate in doing this. But I could shape what the security track at DevCon will be or help shape. And maybe in the process, I'll probably be giving a talk. I'll probably submit proposals for a talk on crypto economics as well as uh, security. So we'll see. A slightly bigger room than Dallas. A little bit bigger than Dallas, a little bit different conversation, <laughs> but uh, same passion. Get us free tickets. We'll be your crew. <laughs> yeah. I have an entourage that I need to bring with me, yeah. please. Well, trust me, I accepted like three years ago. I was like, if any of the three of us is going to be a star in this community, it's going to be Corey. So I might as well get my, uh, my, uh, I'm Corey's agent hat well, let's on. Not, let's not get too, get too hasty <laughs> with the star status here. This is just calm down, sir. You've got a nice chiseled chin. You're ready for it. Yeah. Right? Talking to DevCon it. doesn't make me a star. That's what that, no, it's, well, it makes Vitalik a star and he well, dances to Panda Bears. Very Paris. different. <laughs> Well, once once Conor McGregor, you're so modest, star, Corey. Don't be so fighting. modest. Chin's too chiseled to be so modest. <laughs> Chin is not chiseled. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, well, congrats, Corey. I hope you get that, man. We'll I'd see. like to we'll watch. See how it goes. I'm excited to do it. I've always wanted to talk at these things. Um, I'm gonna wear a foam finger. It says Doctor Petty's number one. So to slip in the, the the Bitcoin Podcast Network references during the talk because I'm representing status in a lot of ways. Yeah, that'd be dope. We'd appreciate that. Um, well, congrats, D. How about you? You're weak. Yeah, can you guys hear that television in the background? We sure can. All right, slightly. And I can hear some uh, verbal stuff going on. Can you timestamp this, Corey? Hey, Carla. We can hear everything you're doing. Um, Oh. I don't even want to timestamp it. I just want to keep it here. All right. I'll just keep it in there. I don't care. Was it um, a modern day miracle how I got my family to shut up for four years week after week? It, it was. It's, hard. it's It's very admirable. 
<laughs> I, I would tell people how you would record with your daughter in your lap. And they would say, what? And I would say, yeah, man, we're ride or die. We yeah, do with a close anyways, pin over um, Yep. And uh, so, okay. So, Corey, you had a good week, Cello. Productive week. Yeah, another my, week down. Yeah, my week was also good. It was uh, was it as, as uh, tur- tumultuous as last week? It was not. It was not. Uh, Started this. The seas are calming. Um, Ohio's a beautiful state. I will say that. So if you're from Ohio, you've seen a lot of beautiful stuff. That's all. Grass is green. The grass is green. The flowers are bright. People tend to be really happy and have a like wholesome accent. It's just a nice place. A lot of corn. Yeah, their Mexican food is is it's. I give it a seven out of ten. You get a seven point two out of ten. It's okay. Um, yeah, the week was chill. We recorded just the headers last night, so that should be hitting you guys' feed. Why do people like soon. just the headers so much? It seems as though like, like let's put it this way. I'll I'll sum up how the audience of just the headers has become, um, in a little bit of back and forth <laughs> in the general channel of Slack yesterday. Uh, let's see if I can find it real quick while I'm talking. Somebody said that you guys should have Rogan style ads. Yeah, I mean, we just have fun with it. Me and Jesse have random. a fun time. Might have been random. I think yeah, it was in random. It's in random. Let's see. Uh, Eastern Block just said like the toxicity. Clearly, you yeah. were saying that on the on the episode. <laughs> yeah, there was a People couple times to this. Uh, Miller said just the headers should have Joe Rogan type sponsorships. It's that good. Um, phrase um, and said that just he- just the headers was a bidet thought, and Ken with some quality puns came in with uh, what a solid bidet thought from bowel movement to, from bowel to community movement strong. <laughs> and, I don't know. Me and Jesse just have a good time, and that toxicity references because Jesse got upset at one of the articles he was reading. And he was like, this just makes the community so toxic. And every time I hear that word, obviously, I'm going to think a system of a down. And I started singing toxicity. And then Jesse started singing it, too. And it was a thing. So that's how Just the Headers goes. We just kind of like freestyle around shitty news. So Has there been any uh, good news? I don't, I don't. I try not to follow the news. Um, every once in a while, there's some really great news. Like uh, this one guy using Neutrino, uh, you can run a full node on your phone. Um, a full Bitcoin node on your phone, which was kind of good news. And then there was there's another guy who's making it so that you can automatically have a lightning node on your phone and then it automatically uh, uh, funds the watchtowers, right? So are you familiar with the watchtower nodes? No, but lightning I did hear board? that lightning is going to introduce a coin. Can you, you know anything about this? I don't know about that. But I do know that the watchtower nodes essentially watch channels because if you load a channel with a lot of money, then the person there's incentive for somebody to try to thief your money out of that channel if they're the other participant. So the watchtower nodes you you fund with money to watch the node and say it's supposed to be this channel is supposed to be open, and if it closes when it isn't supposed to, then the watchtower node will not let that person take your money. That's kind of like basic level logic of it of course it's probably a lot deeper on the technicals that's what the watchtower node does so yes the lightning network is getting more and more convoluted 
Um, and that is what it is. So I have to read into uh, that. That sounds like I don't know. That's I want. I want another reasons behind it, or like what the what the trust assumption is of having an open channel and why people can steal things. I imagine because like they just either grief you or they try and close the channel early in, in their yeah. in their favor. That's what that's what's trying to but bring. Like, it. What's the point of this? Like I keep hearing like. like Lightning Network will introduce a mandatory token or we'll start to introduce tokens. I'm not sure which one is the right appropriate way to say that. Either way, um, if it's introducing tokens, cool. I want to know how those work. If, if it introduces a mandatory token, why the hell does it need that? Because that was something that was very, very different than the original vision of why using Litecoin or uh, Lightning. Well, I think in a general sense, the second layer, the second layer implementations that are trying to be um, ratcheted onto the base layer as we move along is just adding a whole new universe of knowledge. Like it's it's totally you got to start from zero almost because the only thing that tangentially relates to the base layer is that open that first transaction. You know that opens a channel. Everything else that's happening is all new infrastructure all new games, all new everything. And I think that's going to apply to Bitcoin and it's going to apply to Ether, Ethereum, and Litecoin. It's just, it's it's different, right? And to me, that is a lot of opportunity, right? Because with Bitcoin, there was a few people who, that really knew how it worked. So there's a lot of opportunity to learn and grow fast. But at the same time, that's going to lessen the amount of people that ha know what's going on with Bitcoin in general. So... Yeah, I don't know. Still far away from, I guess, fluid usability. That's like across the map. If we so. keep making it convoluted and complex, then at the surface level, when people are using things, they're not going to understand the difference between like an open or permissionless system like Bitcoin and Facebook coin. Yeah. Nice segue, by the way. But they're just—that's like, you know I mean? like, a problem, right? Because then people have no idea well, what, like, I guess the ideology or reasoning or fairness or transparency of of, of like why they should be using something. They're just going to end up using whatever works. Well, it's a problem, and it's not a problem. It's it's like this is this goes back to the argument I was making a couple years back. It's like there's not a significant change from how people use Bitcoin to how they use regular money right now. Like going from paper currency to credit cards, that's a significant change. Going from credit cards to this, no, sorry, going from credit cards to like direct deposit and everything kind of being electronic, that's a significant change. But going from like one electronic style of currency to a different electronic style of currency just begs the question for most people on the outside looking in, why? What's the why? What's the point of that? I can already send money to my friend on Cash App. There's a lot of different apps nowadays. And there's, every day there's a new app you can send money to friends. Zuele, Cash App, Venmo, fucking Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp. You could do it on all of them. You know, Apple Pay, Google Pay, Samsung Pay. You know, <laughs> it's like it's it's for, on the outside looking in when they hear about the benefits of Bitcoin, they're like. It just seems like a really hard way to do something I already do. Well, how many people um, aren't going to get the memo about Binance and they're going to lose all their money in 90 days? Oh, they don't lose their money. They just can't add money and they can't trade. They can still take it out. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So that's like but, that's, a, that's a good PSA, right? Like, don't worry. 
trading will stop for U.S. customers on Binance. Probably, actually, I think now, but they said in 90 days in September or so. Um, but you'll still be able to withdraw all your coins. And you just can't add coins to the to the platform or trade. But there will be, according to them, a U.S.-based Binance exchange that I don't know anything about. You think hackers will be able to monitor uh, low-level activity accounts? Like, let's say after the 90 days is up, they wait like another 90 days. And then they look at accounts that haven't moved their funds out. Maybe they'll think that it's inactive and then they're easier targets. I'm trying to think. Of I don't what know they how they do, see that. Wouldn't that be an internal yeah, thing? Yeah, that's an internal thing. That... They wouldn't be able to see that. Yeah, internal. Unless they can see finances internal ledger, which I highly doubt is is public. But I imagine they're like they're going to stop, you know, putting security guys on that task. Uh, it's still the same yeah. infrastructure. It's basically still the same infrastructure in terms of withdrawals. There's nothing really changing there. That's probably all automated. All right, so nothing to worry about. I, wouldn't, need to get I don't, I don't think there's anything to worry about, assuming you have 2FA enabled on Binance. The thing I don't get is, like, why is it such a big deal that they're cutting off the U.S. when they're putting a U.S. exchange? I mean... Well, there's probably so. things they're trying to do with, like, the, the Binance DEX because they've, they've built on top of Cosmos to build a decentralized exchange. Uh, maybe the Binance coin and the way it operates isn't appropriate for uh, U.S. legal regulations. I don't know. There's, there's, it's definitely a regulatory play. Um, because of all of the, the, the impositions we put on businesses yeah. who run things like exchanges in America. So they just want to separate, I guess, the things they're trying to do with the more the larger exchange and just enable kind of a watered-down version of Binance to U.S. Yeah. citizens. I love how... I don't love it. I think it's refreshing at this point to just accept it is how we were so up in arms about, oh, government can't do shit. And like the governments of the world are slowly putting the Indian rug burn on the entire industry. Like Voorhees submitted. Everybody is having to submit. Everybody's doing KYC AML. Um, Let's see. We've got some new major players in the game that have had the regulatory and compliance infrastructure to do this. Like Facebook is getting in the game. And they're part partnered with Visa, Uber, just monsters. Like yeah, there was a, so I, I wanted to speak to that real quick. Um, the whole Visa Uber thing. So Facebook's been planning this for years. Yeah. But go ahead. So there's two things associated with this that I wanted to point out. So uh, a person I follow on Twitter, Sarah Jamie Lewis, is like a security expert slash outgoing personality that uh, has a lot of uh, critical opinions on shitty projects in the space as well as good projects good projects in the space but uh she put a tweet out that referenced the coindesk article uh saying justin facebook has reportedly lined up uber paypal visa and others to invest 10 million dollars each in the consortium governing its secretive crypto project right and sarah posted a tweet referencing that that said can't wait for a cryptocurrency with the ethics of uber the censorship and resistance of paypal and the centralization of visa <laughs> all tied together under the proven privacy of Facebook. It's like, because well, like, if you think about this, like a blockchain is a blockchain is a blockchain. It, what makes it unique or trustworthy or fair or transparent is the people who are validating it. The consensus mechanism that adds, yeah. uh, governs, 
uh, removes, validates all the transactions that come to it and actually end up in the blockchain. That's the only reason you can you can trust Bitcoin is because it has proof of work and it's 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 more decentralized than, than anything else. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like this is what we're creating. And I told you, man, along the lines of like, oh, look what they they just basically have. Like if people started using this and use this often, instead of Facebook having all this user data and being able to leverage it and censor it, all of these other companies are going to have this user oh. data. All of them have it all at once instead of having yeah. to pay each other under the table it's to like get a single, it. Single trusted yeah. repository of user yeah. data they can all leverage. What a great idea. <laughs> like This is awesome. We should have <laughs> opened this Google Sheet a long time ago. <laughs> so it's uh, this is what I was afraid of last year when I said, like, we had all these dreams of grandeur, but really we just created the last boss of middleman. Like the last boss. Like and and you know how last bosses have the different color vitality bars? First you gotta go from blue to red. Cello knows what I'm talking about. You beat him up a lot and the vitality bar goes to red. Well, you beat him up once and then they transform yeah. into a whole other piece. And they transform and it takes like 30 minutes to get them to blinking red but by the time they're blinking red you have like one pizza slice left that you have to eat and you're about to die like that's what we did we made the last boss of middlemen un- accidentally and there's going to be no way around it there's- facebook's been planning this for years by the way they've been getting money services licenses globally for like the past eight years they've just been waiting for the opportunity and well, now they're like oh one. Like, there's Crypto, another thing perfect. about this that I think it's it's we may be hyping this up a little too much, uh, and this may this is probably it's it's definitely a, a hearsay article, but there was a like it's an insider report that says the actual production of this of this cryptocurrency is has a long way to go, and most blockchain companies are very hesitant to work with Facebook in order to build it. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Oh, 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 the volume was low. It's a weak one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, most blockchain companies are going to be hesitant to work with them, but they're going to, Facebook is going to lure their talent away with, hey, man, here's the deal. We'll give you $750,000 for one year's work. Can you help us with our blockchain? And or that guy's going to go, it's going to end see up you later. Like a lot of ICOs and they just promise a bunch and don't deliver anything. I hope it's the latter because at this point, crypto as a whole is so fractured in the direction it wants to go that anybody could swoop in with a nice shiny rhinestone and just sweep the whole damn thing away so well people in the slack are they're curious even though they don't like facebook so it might be a good move i'm curious about it i i'm i want to know how it works i want to see how it's integrated i want to see what it does it'll be obvious um Based on seeing it in action, it'll be obvious what the point of it is and like who's leveraging it because they're not building it to like, you know, build a permission list and open up opportunities to people. They're like, we got to harness all this data, son, and, mm-hmm. and make more money off of it. Like there's there's nothing else a company, all these companies would come together to do unless they were making a severe profit from it. Yep. Give me some of that data, baby. Yeah. Oh, come on now. Facebook walked into Visa and said, hey, you want some data? Because we got that good, pure shit coming. And Visa said, okay, chop it up. It's in my way. I need a kilo. Um, anyway, 
So Facebook's doing the Facebook's thing. There's one thing I did want to talk about that is relatively big news that people don't realize like how big it is. And uh, it's backed. It's these futures. Now, I know people don't think it's that big of a deal because there's Bitcoin futures already through the CBOE in Chicago. Chicago something mercantile exchange. CME, sorry. Chicago Mercantile Exchange. But um, this is a big deal because the first futures were backed and paid in dollars. So you're basically making bets on Bitcoin and then paying out big stacks of dollars. But the backed futures are backed with Bitcoin. So you're making bets on Bitcoin and paying out big stacks of Bitcoin. In order to pay out big stacks of Bitcoin, you, you of course, have to own big stacks of Bitcoin. So in order for that futures market to persist, if it is popular and has high volume, we're looking at a step change in volume that will come from this because large institutions will have to have giant piles of Bitcoin to place their bets on the future price of Bitcoin. So that's why backed is a big deal. And on top of all this, if the volume is high enough, companies like Starbucks want to tie their Bitcoin infrastructure into that sea of money that will be going back and forth. So that's why backed is a big deal and people don't really, I wanted to clear that up. People keep seeing it. Uh, Where are they? It seems like, uh, when's their well, they're supposed to be to figure out when their launch is. Launching in July. So they're supposed to launch next month. Um, but they started demoing this month and everybody like jizzed in their pants because they weren't November. supposed to. Yeah, they were supposed to launch in November, but they held off probably due to end of the year, fiscal year kind of stuff. They didn't want to launch and then start uh, a fiscal year right up. And then... Um, I'm reading an article on Cointelegraph that says, uh, see multiple delays over regulatory compliance since its original announcement in August 2018. We'll offer yeah. futures as the first in its series of offerings, full details which remain unclear. So this is uh, spark supposed to start physically delivered Bitcoin first product, physically delivered Bitcoin, whatever the hell that means, uh, futures on July 22nd. What that means is instead of me giving you dollars for my bet on Bitcoin, I'm giving you Bitcoin for my bet on Bitcoin. So that's what physically delivered means, okay. right? So if I bet and I, and I win, you, Corey, on the other side of that bet, aren't paying me in dollars on my win. You're paying me in a giant pile of Bitcoin, right? So it, there, we should see, granted this that this market is popular and the volume is high enough is a step change in volume. And then when you have a step change in volume, you will have a step change in price as well. And that's what everyone is, is really um, excited about. So there's backed. So and, I, I don't know. I've been doing, I've been doing these crypto economic or uh, token economic uh, blogs which forces me to dig into a little bit more financial theory and the process of writing these things and like that whole um equation of exchange which people mostly use for evaluating uh crypto tokens right mm -hmm. you have uh, mv equals pq where v is the velocity yeah the and, velocity transaction velocity. so basically it's like how often the actual uh underlying currency gets used or change changes hands it's kind of like the rough definition of velocity yeah. And, and M is going to be the total um, total amount of money that that underlying asset has to support. And so when you end up solving for M in this process, don't worry about the other two for now, um, you divide by the volume. And so if, 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 mm -hmm. if the volume increases, if the amount in which it's being traded increases, then the um, price goes down. Well, like the required price of the individual asset goes down. 
or the required yeah. price. This only works for a given use case, though. So, like, I'm curious, like, if if you have this step change in volume, which means that people are using it way more, that should mean that the the dollar price should go down specific to that one use case. But you have all this debt being accrued mm-hmm. through through loans or through like placing these bets, right? Mm-hmm. Is that a different use case that needs to be modeled, or does it does it come into this? Because like if you're just increasing volume, then the price should go down, or like the required price can go down. Volume or velocity? Sorry, velocity. Those things are velocity. You're increasing different. the velocity. Isn't isn't increasing trade volume the increasing the velocity? Is it not? I'd say there's a difference because volume takes into account like the density of the transaction. Velocity just takes into account the speed of the transactions. How many times things are trading? But How many times is... things are trading? But volume is like I traded one thing, but I traded I traded one time, but I traded fifteen thousand things in that no, trade. Volume is going to be an amount per time period. I traded this much over this period of time. You never say I traded yes. this much over arbitrary period of time. Yes, that's the volume. The volume accounts for the amount. The velocity just accounts for the frequency of it going back and forth. I'm telling you, it's the same. It's the same units. Which means it's the same thing. Amount per period of time is going to be a velocity. Rather, what do you call it? Volume or velocity? It's the exact same thing. I don't think it's the same. I'm willing to argue. I'm willing to die on that hill. We need a crypto economics expert in this bitch. Yes, we do. <laughs> I don't think it's this. Well, Cello, what do you think? Do you think? So this is my opinion. I think velocity just strictly says a transaction went from A to B, and it counts the amounts of times a transaction goes from A to B. I think that's volume, the easiest. Volume accounts for, yes, it also went to A to B. It's counting the amount of times, but also counts how much was involved in that transaction. Okay, internet, here we go. Oh, we've Uh-oh. taken it to Google. We've taken it to the Google masters to figure out who <laughs> was right and who was. We need some dr- dramatic music. Well, I, like I, some... I basically just spent the last week going over this to make sure I get it right. Um. He is the so velocity lo- bunny. It's it's basically uh, the amount of times a given amount trades hands. Yes, that's velocity. That's, a, that's right? amount per per unit time. Yes, yes, but a okay. given amount, which means that the amount is going to remain constant. So if it remains constant, you just have to worry about the thing that's changing. Which what you, is no, the you, what you end up doing is you aggregate these things. You aggregate them all up. When you aggregate them all up, that's a volume. We need a whiteboard. We need a camera, <laughs> and we need to. Right. We need to. I'll let you read my um, article when it comes out next week. We're just numbing a lot of people right now. They're like, "Why are they?" So let's let's move on. Either way, Point it's, being, it's not it's not obvious. I was just curious, like that maybe this is a, a an actual driver for a lower price because things are things are moving oh, yeah. more frequently. As Bitcoin is used more as a currency, the price is going to drop. It's just getting it to the point where everybody in their heads clicks in their head like, oh, okay, this is a monetary system. That value has to be extremely high, right? In order for us to start using it as a medium of exchange. Because let's say, okay, me, you, and Cello, we'll keep it very low numbers. We each have five Bitcoin. And we're, we've got our own little community of commerce going on. And then a fourth person comes in and they're like, hey, I want in on that. I want some of your Bitcoin so I can get in on that commerce. Well, what are we going to say? We're going to say, well, 
the value of our holdings needs to go up because we're not going to lose purchasing power just because you want to use our stuff. If you want to use our stuff, we're going to give you some of it for whatever you're going to put into the system that adds value. But our purchasing power of our units is going to go up. Right. And that keeps happening on a large scale until everybody's like, okay, we're using this as a monetary system. We're just going to start trading it back and forth really fast. And then the price actually comes down and stabilizes. So this is when I was like researching all this stuff, like five, five years ago. Um, when I got so into Bitcoin, I like turned into a Bitcoin monster. But anyways, um, next. Is it interview time. Yeah, that's about it is interview time. time. So we had on a company that's trying to spur mass adoption by letting people shop where they love to shop, specifically Walmart. Yeah, like that Walmart. And when they shop at Walmart, their rebate is automatically turned into Bitcoin, right? Uh, so you go on Walmart, you're like, you know what? I need a new 4K TV or even I'm splurging, got a big ass tax check. I'm getting an 8K TV in this bitch. That's you go buy now? your 8K. 8K TVs, man. They're coming around the corner. There's already a few leaking out. Mm. So they're very Play- expensive. PlayStation 5 is going to be running 8K. So I'm saving my money. But uh, <laughs> 8K TVs. You go to Walmart, you go to walmart.com because you're a millennial and you buy your 8K TV. Well, your rebate on that, which is going to be, I don't know, maybe $200, maybe $500, depending on how much you splurge, is going to be $500 worth of Bitcoin. And it gets deposited automatically into your Lolly Wallet. Nice. That, that rolls off the tongue really well. Lolly Wallet. Your Lolly Wallet. And uh, then you can then send it from Lolly to whatever wallet you want. Um I thought it was a unique way of getting people to um, get at least exposure to Bitcoin in a very uh, passive way. So we had on Alex Edelman. Edelman. Thank you, Corey. I saw that face. I saw that face <laughs> as you were saying that name. <laughs> we had on Alex Edelman from Lolly, and he kind of talked about his adventure into crypto and his previous company, which was Ebates, right? Yeah, so was, that's how they I, had it was all a these. part of you. I got absorbed by Ebates, I believe. Yeah. Um, What's well, it was Cosmic, and then it got acquired by Pop Sugar, and then I got acquired by Ebates. Ah, so he's had quite the journey, and that's what allowed him, I think, to spur up all these partnerships really quickly. Why don't you let the interview because... say all this shit? Yeah, that's right. I should not do this and let the interview <laughs> say You're rusty, so, son. Without further ado, here is Alex from Lolly. Here it is. All right, everybody. I am host number three, Dr. Corey Petty, with you with Dimitri Ferguson, host number two. We are bringing back the interviews with you for uh, Bitcoin Podcast. And bringing back the interviews, we have Alex Edelman with Lolly. Uh, Alex, why don't you give us a quick introduction as to like how you got into the space, where you come from, like what your background is, and uh, what you're doing. Great. Well, first off, uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's always um, good to... Um, do this and spread the word on Bitcoin and, and Lolly um, as well. So uh, thank you. Um, so yeah, so my name is Alex Edelman. I'm one of the founders of Lolly. And what my team and I built is a, a way for people to earn Bitcoin when they shop online. Uh, we want to make Bitcoin more accessible. I think that one of the things that we found over the last like several years is this, uh, people are not going to get involved in Bitcoin if it's just investing or just mining. Uh, and that's exciting for some of us, but the way that we take Bitcoin to the masses is actually making it uh, more accessible through uh, things like that everybody does. And in our case, it's shopping. Um, and so, yeah, we built the solution 
Uh, it's a browser extension and a website. And you just, you go on, you sign up for Lolly, download it. And within 15 seconds, you can start earning Bitcoin when you shop online at Walmart, Priceline, uh, and over 750 merchants for just about anything you need from travel to groceries, food delivery, uh, whatever you're looking for. Make it really easy. What? How? <laughs> How is that even possible? Like, it's magic, just like magic internet money. But the actual answer <laughs> is that uh, we partner with these merchants and they get really pumped when we send users to their sites to go shop. So when somebody chooses to go shop at Walmart instead of Amazon, Walmart is willing to pay for that user. And so instead of us keeping all the money for ourselves, we get to go uh, share that with our consumer, um, sending Bitcoin to their wallets. So it makes it, it's, uh, it seems like magic, but it's actually a real business model. And the merchants love it because they're um, you know, getting a new customer. Um, they don't, they're like totally cool with the Bitcoin angle. Uh, and they're actually like, we've taught them a lot. We've taught them about like stacking sats and, um, all about Bitcoin. And so we've gotten their, their, uh, attention. Stacking sats. Yeah. We got their <laughs> attention in like an interesting way because we're actually like, they're making money and our users are finding the things that they would buy anyway. Um, so it works out for everybody. Everybody wins. So you mentioned something in the middle nice. of that. It was, it was like, you're basically saying like Walmart's paying for you to divert users from Amazon to Walmart, does that mean that you built a business around moving people away from Amazon? Yes. And because of that, we can't really expect to see Amazon as a part of the platform eventually. You can. Um, I mean, we're close with the Amazon team and I send them you know, aggregated and anonymous um, data about like how much um, revenue that we're sending to Walmart and uh, Overstock and Jet and all of their competitors. Um, because I, I want, I, I eventually would love if Amazon came on board, but they're the biggest company in space. And at this point, you know, they are very picky who they work with. And like, you know, our, our, our team, our last company was bought by Ebates. So Ebates is the biggest company in the space in the cashback space. And we got to learn the model and learn like the mechanics of uh, how it all works and also meet just about every retailer in North America and, and also uh, largely Europe as well. So one of the things that we learned is just sort of like the leverage you can pull so we, we, we have the ears of Amazon. We're talking to the right people there. They're really fascinated with like the Bitcoin community and crypto community as a whole because the community is so engaged and so active. And, and so I, I think we have their ear and like, I, like every few uh, weeks, I like post um, in, in, um, on Twitter, uh, it's like Trilolly um, is, the, is the handle. And when I post, I'm like, hey, when, you know, when Amazon, who wants Amazon? Uh, I want people to be requesting Amazon, adding them, writing into their customer support. Um, I want every merchant to be on the platform because I ultimately want everybody to be able to earn wherever they want to shop. Uh, and then whoever gives the most Bitcoin back is able to recruit the most people to shop at their site. So it, it has this nice um, sort of referral mechanic for everybody to shop at the retailers that, that adopt hmm. Bitcoin the most. Okay. Amazon, if you're listening, you could just pay me and I'll tell people to go to your website. I'll just I'll just walk up and tell them. Um, as long as you're okay, that, people, we're happy. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, that's that's an interesting system. That's why. So why just Bitcoin? Is that just the easiest because it's easiest to start with, and you don't want people to go too far down that. Uh, let's just say, wondrous adventure that is crypto. You just want to start with something they know. Yeah, I kind of i I went back and and sort of looked at how I got started. Like, I there wasn't 
when I first found out about Bitcoin, that's all there was. And it really drew me in. And now I really took a step back and just sort of to like talk to, I talked to my mom, I talked to my sister, talked to my friends from back home and, and different places I lived in Omaha, Minneapolis, Chicago. And, and I just got really like, I, I just kind of came to this conclusion that if you start, if you give people everything, it's too confusing. If you give them all crypto, it's too confusing. You have to make things really simple for people to understand why decentralized currency, why sound money is important and why, why it matters. And, and so when I looked at like the data as well, I think the, the last report I saw was that 60% of the US has heard about Bitcoin and knows relatively like what it is and less than 4% actually owns it. And that is not true for Ethereum, for Ripple, for EOS, for any of the other currencies. So um, we took what we knew. We, we know all these merchants in the U.S. Uh, we launched with just Bitcoin. And I also believe that you know Bitcoin has really proven itself uh, more than any other currency. It's been around longer. So it is a great store of value. I do believe that like with second layer solutions, it will be a great um, medium of exchange in time. For right now, people want to earn Bitcoin as a as an asset, and Lolly makes it incredibly easy for them to do that. There's no KYC on the front end. You just sign up, you put it on your browser, and you just start earning. So we just want to make it really simple, and Bitcoin is the simplest mm. thing to understand. And then over time, if things come out that that I think um, either replace Bitcoin or um, are complementary to Bitcoin, then then I think that our users would probably demand it, and we'll listen. I think they've our users have like really shaped our our product a lot so far. So um, we're all ears. Hmm. D, you got anything uh, you want to ask him? I have I have a tremendous amount of questions, but they may get they may get in the weeds pretty quickly. Oh, I mean, not much to ask. I was just gonna say it's funny that you mentioned the earning it is what is is making people light up again. Because uh, I've noticed, you know, you give so many elevator pitches on Bitcoin over the years. It's definitely one of those things. It's like it's like it's 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 just easy, right? You have you have a thing you're doing online shopping anyway, and then you get cash back. But it's it's kind of cash back in the form of Bitcoin. So it's just it's getting money for the things you're already doing, which is an easy way for people to start uh, passively investing in this type of asset class. Because Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get my mom to do it. I tried. I can't get people to like like it's it's. I know we talk about this all the time in our Slack, and that is like. Um, you can't like force a technology on somebody. You have to make a use case that then forces them to adopt the technology for the use case. And when you yeah. say, "Hey, here's you know," I mean, y'all, y'all offer some pretty large percentage backs, but although it's pretty variable, but like up to thirty percent back or whatever on various things for something you're already doing, it's it's that's a enough reason for someone to download a browser extension and start using it. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. we really we worked really hard to establish these partnerships over the last like seven years with our last company, and then uh, calling up all all of our old friends in the space uh, for this new one. And yeah, our average is seven uh, percent back. And I, I guess with our early users, I mean, when we launched, Bitcoin was at thirty five hundred. So now a lot of our users have effectively earned about fifteen percent back for a lot of their rewards. Mm-hmm. And and so the more people like that are introduced to Bitcoin through Lolly are they're they're getting it for free because they're doing something that they're already doing and they're seeing that it's better than cash back. If uh, hypothetically, if it continues to like, uh, you know, go up over time. Um, But really, I think like some, there's really interesting psychology around just attention. And we like live in this attention economy. And I don't know about, you know, you guys, but I, when I first learned about, learned about Bitcoin, I was like, uh, I was paying myself like 30 K a year with my last company. I didn't have a lot of money. 
Um, but I just got a little bit, I got like one Bitcoin and it was like, all I needed was just a little bit to like understand and to pay attention. And so, yes, like at first I was really attracted to the price. It would go up and down. And then I started to question like, well, why, why is the price going up and down? And so then I started to like research, I read the white paper. I started to learn like why it was so important and I just followed the space. And so it took me, uh, you know, a couple of years to, to really get into it. Um, and then now I'm, you know, pretty obsessed, but like it, you just need to give people skin in the game uh, for them to pay attention. Uh, and then you can get them, you know, to mm-hmm. do a lot of things. You can get them to transact with it. You get them to like build with it. There's so many things I think that people can do in the future uh, with it, but you just need to give them that little bit to get them excited about it. We were, uh, we were just talking about that on our last show, Corey, about like who doesn't research the things that they own. And then we kind of paused thought about it there's probably a large percentage of people who don't do that but most people are going to be curious um i have some curiosity here Uh, what so when i start up a lolly account um do you have a wallet for me is it custodial and you have a wallet for me and Mm -hmm. then i have to make my own wallet and you send it to me and then you say hey this is no longer my Bitcoin. It's now going to you private. Is there an education process for your users or is it just, hey, get a wallet. We're not going to hold on to this hot money for you. We're going to send it to you. We don't want to We don't hold on to it. Yeah, you, you nailed it. So we're a custodial wallet. Uh, I think I, I'm a big believer in custodial wallets as a, a, a as an entry point for people because um, I, I still have not been able to uh, teach my mom and sister about private keys and all that. Uh, they, they they both have Lolly accounts and they're both earning a lot of Bitcoin uh, for their purchases. But it's it's really I think that's a very difficult step to take. Um, and so we have to be a, you know, a big proponent for teaching people about keys, but we can't do it all at once. So right now, um, you know, our average wallet size is like getting like getting to be pretty, pretty high. And, and so now it's like, how do we teach people about owning that? Um, at first, I think we, we need people to trust us. Um, to a certain degree with their Bitcoin because, um, but they trust us because we've established these partnerships. We're sending them free Bitcoin. They have access to it and they can take it out whenever they want. Um, we're actually seeing that people are holding more and more with us over time, even the Bitcoiners, because they they trust us. Um, but we are big believers in like, you know, uh, verify, don't trust. And we have to win that trust over time uh, with our consumers. Um, but yeah, after 15, after you've earned over $15, you can transfer to any wallet, uh, any address. Um, a lot of the, like we have about 60% of our users right now are Bitcoiners earning more Bitcoin. And then about 40% of our users are brand new to Bitcoin, have never used it. And then I would say, I think probably about 95% of our users have trusted us and, and keep Bitcoin in our custodial wallet. Um, and then 5% are transferring it out. So it's really like, I mean, we're, we're talking about, average wallet size of around $25 uh, at this point. And, and so it's, it's meaningful. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's like more hassle to transfer it out. And people are just like seeing if they can trust us with that little bit. And then over time, you know, we hope to win their trust with, uh, uh, I think more financial tools for them to earn even more Bitcoin or to um, hold and, and do cool things, send, send Bitcoin to other people, send Bitcoin to, uh, merchants pay for things, that kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. That, uh, uh, just uh, from a security perspective, it makes me makes me. It it means if you're a custodial wallet, you have to then 
assume the responsibility of the security of these wallets in a lot of ways. And it, uh, it somewhat makes you more of like a, a target for people to try and come after. What kind of me- like, what kind of measures are you taking to, to make sure that people's funds are safe in your hands? Yeah, so I think that's one of my favorite questions. Because, well, one, you can't share your security protocols if you... Uh, yeah. Security through obscurity, you know? In a way. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Guns are sapu. That's all you need to say. That's what you <laughs> <Yeah>. want. Uh, <laughs> I will say that, like, our, our, I mean, I would, we come from the payments world. So, you know, we, we like, one of our claims to fame with our last company is we, uh, we survived the target breach. It was the biggest credit card breach of all time at the time. Um, 40 million credit cards were breached. Uh, that was announced while we were on their, the target headquarters uh, on doing an on-prem integration. And we like signed our lives away to like go integrate to Target, and uh, we're like I think a weekend, and we pull up Reddit, you know, 8 a.m. and it's like 40 million credit cards breached of Target, and I, I turned to our my CTO Matt, who's the CTO of Lolly as well, and um, I was like, did we did we do that? And and he goes, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I don't think so, um, but it, joking. <laughs> um, that would have been. I was kind of prepared to like shut down the company that day, all that stuff. But it turns out it had nothing to do with us. Um, we ended up uh, surviving uh, that breach and and going through the most like excruciating months of penetration testing, security protocol um, testing. It was it was pretty intense, um, but it was really it was a good test for our team because um, it really put us in the test of like the, the fact that we are we do care about data, we do care about privacy, we do care about security, um, and like. Lolly is worth nothing if it doesn't have that. So it does come first and foremost. Um, that, that's And we're building Lolly with the same team as we built Cosmic. So we were uh, PCI level one compliant with our last company. We were dealing with some serious transaction volumes and serious merchant players in the space, Fortune 100 companies that were relying on us to transfer payment information, transfer um, data uh, between um, you know two entities. So um, I actually, I, I think at this point, Lolly is like, uh, an easier company uh, at this point for security protocol management. Um, and we're not, you know, to the level of Coinbase, like people have $25 in their wallets. They don't have um, tens of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars in their wallet. So on a individual um, level for, for security purposes, like, you know, if, if an individual gets hacked, like it's not a great thing, but it's also like, somebody is more uh, incentivized to go hack a, a, a l- much larger wallet. So there's not a real giant incentive for someone to hack a bunch of individual users on Lolly. And yeah, well, I mean, we're like, I, I don't encourage anyone to hack us, but I do think that like we are uh, abiding by the top security protocols um, that we know. And we're adopting a lot of security protocols from the payment space that I hope it's someday, like someday to introduce to the crypto space uh, as a whole. Yeah, the other side of that that I wanted to touch on before we move on to other things was, um, so we mentioned we were going to be talking to you in our in our Slack, and uh, we have a couple of security people in there, and one of them basically just went on an, on an exercise to install Lolly and see what it does, how it works, what what permissions it asks for, so on and so forth. And so he got the browser extension, played with it, really enjoyed it. He was, he was excited about Lolly in the first place, and then but like one of the things that he came to is the browser extension basically has full control over your browser now. If you trust Lolly, that's perfectly fine. You're gathering a bunch of data, sure. That's no no shit. But uh, like, w- w- how do we know that 
Like, what else are you doing with the browser extension? Is it only looking at a certain amount of things? Like, what, what information is it gathering and why do you need it? Yeah, so that's a great question. Uh, if we had more dynamic uh, and granular controls on Chrome or any of the other browsers, we would do it. Um, the, the scary things that it says are not actually what the, the browser does. Uh, if you look at a lot of browser extensions, they, they say the exact same thing. Um, because we're dealing with a privacy-minded consumer, which we are uh, ourselves, um, we have to uh, you know, share these things. We have to collect this like certain uh, information. Um, what we are collecting is, the, is that, you have, that you are on walmart.com. We don't want to know any other site. We just cross match the fact that you're on Walmart and that we have a database that says that we work with Walmart. And, and so if we don't work with this merchant, if you're on Facebook, if you're uh, going you know, anywhere to Google, to your calendar, to any site that you frequent, we don't want to know what it is. We don't collect that information, um, nothing. So our, our, and you can see, actually a lot of people don't realize this. You can look at our, our code base. It's open, um, like our Chrome extension, like, if you really want to, you can see what we're collecting, um, and so we're not we're not doing any funny business. We're not uh, there's no form fillers. There's nothing about like fancy uh, with the Chrome extension. Um, what we have to do in order to communicate to Walmart that Corey is shopping at this site is we have to know that like this is your that you're logged in with this account and that you're about to shop. And then what Walmart does is they communicate that back to us saying that this user shopped on this site and we are going to reward you for that user. That's it. That's all we need. Um, so I think it looks scarier than it actually is. Um, one of the exercises we're doing internally is we're going to like kind of envision this thing where we annotate our privacy policy and say all these like scary legalese terms of what it actually means so that we can be like way more transparent and open. Um, I, I encourage everyone to like, you know, talk, talk to our CTO, Matt, He's a privacy freak, I would say, uh, has taught me everything I know about privacy on just a personal level and has scared the shit out of me with certain products. And, and <laughs> it's a hole like, you don't want to dive into. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so now now I read like every privacy policy and, and I like I kind of hate him for it. But um, I think it's a I think it's a good exercise. I think people should be concerned about privacy. And then like I think. The, you know, the thing that I, I've learned in, in, over time is studying just like Apple versus Facebook is like you like privacy. When 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 co companies look out for the consumer, they will win in time. So, I mean, one of my favorite examples is like Tim Cook in front of Congress when they subpoenaed, I think, some user's data. Um, and he was like, look, guys, I'd love to help you, but I don't even have access to that data because we tokenized it and, and Apple couldn't even retrieve customer data if we wanted to. And like, that's the answer that we want for everybody. Like, I, I mean, that's how every public company should function. And, and like Apple was rewarded for it. And Facebook is, is being punished for not caring about users privacy. So the free market will decide things in time. Um, and I, I hope to be on the right side of those things over the course of time. We're taking the right uh, steps on our end. Um, and then there are certain, you know, companies we have to comply with, uh, like we have to communicate with Walmart to, to say that you're buying from that. We have to um, have those check boxes on Chrome to, to say um, that we're collecting this information or that we're collecting any information. Based on that, I guess right. if you're not taking that much information, you don't have many issues with GDPR then, do you? We do not. Um, there's very few 
uh, we're like just getting into like researching the UK. It's been like a really big uh, market that has been um, requested pretty heavily. And we just started to get into when we were building our last company. So um, yeah, we're really excited to expand to Europe at some point. Um, the the data that we, we do, I mean, we clearly have user data and it's more of like, if you ever looked into GDPR, it's more about the checklist of things that you have to do if a user tells you they want yeah. their data deleted. Yeah, you need to be so, able to do that at any given time. And, and as a small scrappy startup, it's very, you need to have like a process of like deleting all information and, and all that data, um, which I, I think, I mean, I think the US should and will adopt. I think, you know, we're probably going to expand to Canada next. That's the market that I think is most similar to the US that we can expand to uh, most quickly and offer a similar experience. Um, as we expand to like Europe, um, you know, we need to probably just proactively do that for the U.S. users. If a U.S. user wants to delete their data, we should be able to give that to them like on a moment's notice. So um, all of it is just like building out tools in the background. Um, it's not something that we can't do. We do it today if, if a user really needs it. But it's, it's more of just like a very manual process. Nice. So have you, Lolly, correct me if I'm wrong. And I don't want to bastardize it, but is it like the it's like the dancing street guy, but just instead of dancing kind of awesome, he's also throwing money at your face, like because he's, like, <laughs> he's like, go over there and shop, and when you do, I'm gonna throw what some money at you your face. What are you talking about? What are you dancing? I'm talking guy? about Lolly. Like what is you, the you dancing street follow. guy? What what are you? What is okay. the reference? You've got to. You calmed, relax. I'm so confused. The, right sign guy? the sign guy with the crazy the sign guy, oh, dancing sign okay. guy. Got it. Okay. When you, you know, <laughs> Sorry, you stop. Three for a loop on that one. You stop at the stoplight and you look to the left, and he's like going to town. It's like, oh, he did the whip and the nay nay. Shit. But that's it. That's all you get. But then with Lolly, you get that, and they throw money at your face when you follow the the guy with the sign when you go shop. I kind of like that. Uh, I think that's really good. Yeah, uh, how, do you, yeah, how do you get people like to... a magical elf that like pops up and it's just like, hey, like earn your Bitcoin, like stack your sats. Um, I, <laughs> I kind of like, I really love, I mean, I, I love like Wonka, uh, Willy Wonka. I think it's like one of my favorite movies as like a kid. And and so I kind of look at like part of it is like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory of like get that, you know, you get that golden ticket and then you can like, you know, try to get the factory uh, I think there's like some fun things along the way that we can like, you know, the lollipop theme stuff. Um, and then like one user is like, it's like, it's like Christmas when you get like your, you get an email that people get really pumped about. I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter, but people get really pumped when they like get their stack and sats email. And it's like, you just stacked like, you know, uh, uh, 21,000 sats or whatever. And people will share it. And it's this whole thing in the community where they will be like stack and sats. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I think like, um, so uh, it, we, we get a lot of different things, but I like the sign guy. That's the first. You should tweet that out. Well, that's that's the way it's making sense in my mind, but not a lot of people venture to the depths that are my mind. D's so. mind is, a, is an interesting place. Where, yeah. Where, how, do you, how do you get people to like not go to Amazon if that's like, kind of like the, the original use case? How do you get them to drive to the to the the fillet you currently have? Are they on a site and say, well, you can get it better over here, or is it one of those things where they have to go to Lolly? Uh, look at the prices and then and then go to the store. Um, yeah, so you go to lolly.com on uh, forward slash stores and you just press shop on, on the site. Ah, okay. And then you see all of our, our list of uh, over 750 merchants. And then you can, you see all of those merchants and then you can, you know, pick what you're 
which one do you want to shop at? And actually in a few days, we're about to launch our revamp search that lets you sort by category. So you could say, hey, I'm looking for travel. I'm looking for groceries, food delivery, whatever it is that you're looking for. And, and so that, that's going to be like revamped in a, in a few days, make it even easier. But then the other way is that if you go to Walmart, like let's just say you forgot, uh, you go to walmart.com, uh, the sign guy pops up and like <laughs> and says, hey, do you want to earn like 4% back in Bitcoin? And then you activate it. And once it's act been activated, um, we communicate with Walmart. They tell us that this person's ready to shop. You buy as you normally would. And then you earn your Bitcoin. Um, a few minutes later, uh, sometimes a few hours later, uh, you get an email saying that you've earned 21,000 sats from Walmart, uh, thanks to Lolly. And and then you uh, you keep stacking sats and it keeps going into your wallet. And then the rest is up to you. Nice. You guys should do like some clickbait articles like Walmart will pay you in Bitcoin to, you know, it's, it's loosely true. I like, I mean, it is true. <laughs> it, it, it's very true. Uh, <laughs> the, app uh, uh -oh. that, the app that pays you in, uh, yeah, that Walmart pays you in Bitcoin. Something um, like There's a lot to be done. I'm all, all open for ideas. Let me know. Well, what I will say is I think you've picked a very, um, very unique way to kind of easily reduce the friction uh, between people that don't have Bitcoin and then they could become people that do have Bitcoin. Uh, because that's the toughest thing is that when I, when I mentioned earlier, when you're giving your elevator pitch about crypto and you say you can mine it or you can buy it or you can earn it, people like if you start talking about mining, they almost want to punch you in the throat. And then if you start talking about buying it, then they're like, so what, you're some kind of Forex trader? Is that what you're doing? And you're like, well, no. And then kind of and they're like oh okay and then but when you say earn it they're like oh what do you mean earn it like and i'm like like you can do jobs you know you can do jobs or bitcoin but now you could just get the lolly app and shop and earn bitcoin stack some sats so yeah you nailed it there's uh there's something you mentioned earlier that i really liked is like there's you when you go out like um somebody has to be pretty savvy i think to like have learned about Bitcoin or to go deeper into Bitcoin. And I, I kind of like, like when I got this idea uh, was when I was like, when the team and I were working at Ebates and I remember like we were doing some like user testing with the Ebates app and these, it was crazy to me that these users were like, they had these Excel docs and they were seeing where they could earn the most like cash back and like from who for which item. Like and modern they were, day like, couponers, man. What's that? It's like modern day couponers. You know, those people like just oh, have totally. like. <laughs> it's the it's the sons and the daughters of the coupon clipper generation that like found Ebates and then they're like, okay, Ebates can do all of this like automatically for me and, and then they can get cash. And so I would I would like sit with these users and they would just I, they would blow my mind with like how much work they would do to be this like savvy shopper. And and so um like I think that that user is is like really a tune is a very savvy like person in general, and they want to ultimately earn the most money back. So if they can earn something, earn an asset that's going up over time and be a savvy uh, shopper and essentially investor without realizing it, like that's the psychology that really like mm. makes, I, I personally think um, like takes Bitcoin to the masses. Um, it's sort of like encouraging people to invest and, and be savvy and to like earn the most amount back. So when they're looking at like, 
okay, they're like Lolly gives 7% back and Ebates gives 7% back, but this 7% back I'm getting from Lolly could be 14% back or could be 100% back in the next couple years. Like there's this whole meme that a lot of people are doing on, on Twitter where they're like, I'm shopping for free because it's just going to like when Bitcoin moons, all the <laughs> is free. Uh, and I think that's kind of funny. We, we retweet that a lot. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's a lot of, there, I, I think there's a lot of interesting psychology at play uh, with what we're working on here. I, I love, I love use cases that I can basically tell my family to go do and be like, you're going to, you're doing this anyway. Just use this. It's an easy way to get Bitcoin in your account. You don't have to worry about it too much. Uh, I, I, I'm a security engineer, so I always worry about security and how they do things and whether or not they're going to be like, oh, I forgot my password. Where's the forgot password button? It's like, oh, that doesn't exist here, right? So like, I'm looking for solutions that is an easy on-ramp, like you said, that first initial foot in the door for them to actually start caring and learning more about it. Otherwise, they're never going to like decide to download a wallet and maintain their own private keys and do all this other stuff that we like espouse and try and get people to do. Uh, you need to you need you need any ways to get in your get in your hands first, and I think things like this are definitely like a good way to like get your foot in the door and maybe make some money like get some money back on shit you're gonna buy anyway. Yeah, exactly, and and I think like there's an interesting data point I'll share. It's like thirty percent of our uh, our users are female, and I think that's a really interesting stat because like the average crypto project is under four percent female, and so we're showing. I mean, not just that. Um, we're getting, you know, 40% of our users are, are new to, to Bitcoin, but that we're also increasing the distribution and, and like changing up the, the ratio um, for Bitcoin owners. And qualitatively, like one thing that uh, a lot of these, like I think male Bitcoiners will say on Twitter is that, hey, just like introduce my wife or my girlfriend into, you know, to Bitcoin or introduce her to Lolly. Uh, and like she has more in like stacking more stats than me and stuff like that. So um, there's been like shopping. <laughs> going through it in my head right now. I was like, you can't stop a woman from shopping. What comedian was that? Was that like Chris Rock? Or I think it was Chris Rock. <laughs> oh, I need to find that. What is Chris? Okay, uh, Chris Rock. Yeah. What I think yeah. is I forget which stand up, but yeah, that's definitely him. Uh, women be shopping. You can't stop a woman from shopping. That was like a Chris Rock stand up. <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot about that. I need to make oh, that a meme. That's good. It uh so okay, so while we're talking about like statistics here, what are some of your user stats? Like are you experiencing growth? Are you month over month growth and you find that, you know, is it to the point where you know you gotta buy more service space? I don't know how that works, but it sounded right. Like what <laughs> what uh what's your user D over here? Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we, um, let's see, yeah, we are growing fast, um, too fast, we're having to, so one, one of the things is like new with this company that we didn't have with the last company is uh, customer support, uh, and we've needed to scale up customer support to help everybody, um, you know, with their orders and like how to earn and, and teaching them about Bitcoin, so um, yeah, we, we've been growing really fast, and uh, we raised uh, we raised money from some really great investors, both crypto investors, but I think arguably more importantly, uh, consumer investors. And um, we're, you know, we're backed by top VCs. And so we, um, yeah, we are scaling, I think, appropriately um, for, uh, to make sure that we are like able to scale server space to um, make sure that we are not taking any shortcuts on security or privacy. 
Uh, and so, yeah, our investors are happy with the with the growth, and I think that they'll continue to invest in in Lolly um, as we continue to grow. But yeah, we're we're doing well on on cash and like have plenty of server space and scaling the the service. I think we've only had, uh, unlike Bitcoin, I think we were only down for like a couple hours over the last uh, nine months. So we've been doing good on that front. Our our tech team's awesome. Nice, congratulations. Uh- I'd be terrible with the tech company, Corey, because that would be my solution for everything. Buy more servers. Yeah. yeah. That's when you have What's people wrong? like me. <laughs> What's wrong with the site? We need more servers. Just go buy more servers. Um, I don't know. I think I'm all out of questions. Is there anything that like, we, you would have wanted us to ask you that we didn't? Hmm. Um, good question. You guys asked some great questions. Um, I've been doing this for years. Oh yeah, we're veterans. <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know. Anything that comes to mind? Like, just yeah, let me know. Oh, yeah, so let, let us let us let people know how to how to get started, where to go, and where where to reach out to. For sure. So uh, yeah, you go to lolly.com. Uh, that's l o l l i dot com, and you download the extension. Uh, it's available for Chrome, Firefox, and Safari. And yeah, just shop as you normally would. Um, maybe change up your shopping habits from Amazon and start shopping at Overstock, Jet, or uh, Walmart. And yeah, be sure to use us for all travel, uh, booking.com, Priceline. And uh, we're about to launch a really big travel partner very soon. So uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's where we make most of our announcements. Uh, it's Trilolly is the handle. Uh, you can follow us there. And then, um, yeah, I, I think we're, we're doing what... Um, I think that the Bitcoin community wants, and that's spreading Bitcoin to more people and then also educating people on the power of Bitcoin and why it's so important for the world. So, um, yeah, anything you all can do to, to share that message and share Lolly and share Bitcoin with people, um, we're happy to help and uh, also very open to ideas. Our, all of our DMs, our whole team, DMs are open. We're all open to new ideas uh, for how we can share this with more people and how we can grow this thing. So thank you, everybody, for your support. and. Uh, we'll keep building if you guys keep shopping and earning. Sweet. You heard it here. It's easy to slide into Lolly's DMs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Interview over. And we're back. Been a while since I said that. So that was the interview with Alex uh, Edelman from Lolly. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we did. Corey didn't get my reference to the dancing street guy at first, but he came around. Not even close. He came around. Um, yeah, so they want to throw money at your face for shopping on Walmart. So give it a try, at least. I don't know. Stop saying it's just Walmart. That's like 550 partners. Yeah, but who cares about those guys? <laughs> People, shop at about People shop at Lululemon. People do shop at Lululemon, but... I'm not going to tell people to use the service though, unless they sponsor us. We just told oh yeah, you yeah. What it is yeah. <laughs> don't don't go to Lolly at all unless they sponsor us. Then then go to Lolly. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, so there's one last thing I wanted to bring up that I've been like pondering a lot on my flights, and that is I think adoption is here. I just think it's a lot uglier than we hoped. The reason I'm saying that is because there's not a single person I talk to, and I talk to a lot of different people nowadays in my travels that has not heard about Bitcoin. It's not they adoption. all have. It's not adoption. That's just that's just that's just like 
They understand. They've heard the word. They don't use it. They don't. Okay. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Isn't if you heard about it, it's if you use it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair people enough. heard of the internet and they made fun of it for a real long time before people actually used it. Okay. Fair enough. Um. Yeah. Everybody's heard about this stuff. Oh yeah. Which is which and, and that is exciting, right? <laughs> It's exciting, right? That everybody's at least heard of it. So, like, by the time they get around to actually owning it, it's like, ah. Oh, I tell you this much. Uh, it's, some it's, of gold. The sentiment around what how people react when I tell them I work with this technology has changed drastically over the last couple of years. It used to Go be on. like, you do what? I'm sorry, what? I don't. It was either like complete and utter confusion about around what I was doing, or Oh, you must be like a drug runner, like, because mm. they just had negative associations with Bitcoin. Now I it's like, like that now the the sentiment is like, oh, you're probably rich. <laughs> it's like, oh, either like, oh, you're real smart, or, or you're probably rich. It's never like anything else. Yeah, they've that's... heard about it and they just assume <laughs> that since I've been around for a long time, I'm super rich, which I'm not. Yeah. Everyone, that's my new thing that I say is I have what I have. Because every time I get in the conversation, they get, it's funny, people get real quiet. Like my clients are like, so you said you start, you got into Bitcoin when? And I'm like, oh, like in the 20, beginning, or sorry, into 2012, into 2013, uh, really got in at the end of 2013. And they're like, oh, so then you, and I'm like, <laughs> I have, I have what I have. Okay. I have what I have. It's not that much. I mean, it's, I don't know. Like, I don't know. We didn't. We didn't have a lot of expendable income when we were that young. I, yeah, I would we, like for the new era of digital money to where we can tell people how much money we have. Well, like think about that. It's super secure now. So. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, that's that's true. Like the 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 default, the lowest threshold of of people actually using it is so secure that you can talk about it. Yeah, like I got 15 Bitcoin. Yeah, I'm doing pretty well in life. And it doesn't make and you a target to like. It doesn't make you a target. Yeah. Yeah, but that's just general. Even that you don't even do that like with your with dollars because it just makes you a target. I think it was it was morphed into being like uh, not you don't you don't have tact. If there's like a Wall Street guy at the bar talking about how much money he has, he's just an asshole. But I think it that narrative got morphed. I think it, it began as a security. Issue. Yeah, because it's almost like a, it's not a conversation of your wealth. It's almost a conversation of your your ability to assess good projects. Because you 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 bought them right? Because it's like not just Bitcoin. Granted, Bitcoin is a big one, like, but like it's more like oh, I got into this one a long time ago. It's more like talking about stocks and like what the company's doing around that type yeah. of thing. It's more akin to that. It's not stocks, but like yeah, if you have if you have like uh, five hundred Ethereum, there's a chance you didn't buy it at fourteen hundred. So it gives you a window into how early this guy adopted and how much faith yeah. he had in in the currency. So I think it's interesting, or how good so of a holder is he is. Right. This is what I will say. This is this. So to your point, Shello, I'm willing to come out on ledge and be a little bit more transparent. My base portfolio is up 1,200 percent since I started. That's what I will say. That's, that's that's it. I think I only have one Bitcoin. You probably only have one Bitcoin, but you do a lot of crazy like side gigs and have so much alt currency that it's. Yeah, sorry, I, just, I never, I never really Corey consolidated. Corey doesn't have anything. any. Corey doesn't have any. I'm I just sorry. don't consolidate anything really. Just, yeah, you're just like, oh, sit. I do have some rivets. Oh, yeah, it's like one of those situations. Like, oh, I got a bunch of that in like a wallet somewhere. Because like, I think throughout <laughs> all these years, I've tried like every single wallet, and yeah. so I just have 
seed phrases out of the ass. I mean, they're all they're all securely stored, but it's like I don't know where anything is. Yeah, it's, it's all it's, it's all funny, spread like, out. Today it just happened to me. I put on a pair of pants I hadn't worn in a couple of weeks, and then I reached in my pocket, and there were like two dollar bills in there, and I was like, oh, cool. When that happens yeah. in crypto, yeah. you reach into your old crypto wallet. Like I found six hundred dollars in Ethereum Cash in an old wallet, and sorry, not Ethereum Cash, uh, Ethereum Classic, and like an old wallet the other day, and I was like, whoa, that's pleasant. Imagine surprise. what it's gonna be like when we're like you know <laughs> seventy years old and we're like going through an old hard drive or something because I ain't throwing hard drives away ever. That's for damn sure. Uh, yeah, but like, um, you find something, you're like, oh shit, there's. There's forty thousand dollars. Like yeah. it used to be ten. Just, just find a PlayStation. Yeah. All over the place. <laughs> oh, there's a PlayStation right there. Um, but okay, so then that stops that. Is that your unit of measurement? That's how much money you. That, that is my. It's like, that's like no. that's like ten PlayStations. That is man, because I read that Warren Buff book <laughs> and Warren Buffett book. Uh, I don't know what it is, but everyone talk. Everyone we l- listens to our show would know which book I'm referencing. But he said his viewpoint on value changed when he stopped thinking about dollars as dollars and he started thinking them about things. So he was like, "Oh, that's six months worth of rent," or "Oh, that's five houses I could buy," or "Oh." And so that's mine is PlayStation. Uh, I, like, oh, I bet. Oh, that's if I had something similar. <laughs> I probably would have taken out more money when I took out money. But yeah. like, it's like if you don't if you don't have that, it's it's all it's all funny money. Yeah, it's just it's just funny money, and you just spend it. But if you don't like attach some or sort don't of tangible spend it, value, you lose all the value associated with it. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm starting to not do that anymore. Oh really? Yeah, I, all I'm, of my I'm money is, money out. All of my money is based in Playstations. I know how I know how many Playstations I'm worth. Look a brother up. <laughs> <laughs> PlayStation. I don't think I'm that not way. I'm buying you a PlayStation, Corey. I'm not going to be able yeah. to get to your level, D, unless you send me a PlayStation and I start thinking that way. You got to earn a PlayStation. You gotta, I'm not just going to buy you PlayStation. Um, I don't know why I make that uh, equivalency, but whatever. All right, let's wrap. Um, let's wrap. That's it. It's we'll, time to wrap. We'll open up the. We'll open up the lines next time. Yeah. Let's wrap we'll, it up. We'll just open up the lines when we don't have a guest. No. You know. We not we don't promise anything except for if you go to Patreon. Yeah, that's right. We're changing our Patreon tiers, so what you see there is gonna be outdated by the time we get around to changing those Patreon tiers. But please become a patron. Uh, we have twelve of you now, and thank you uh, for we just started. We really just started this up this year, and it's growing at a pretty slow pace. But slow pace is better than no pace, and uh, we're trying to make that a little bit more robust as we grow as well. So thank you for everyone who has become a patron. I promise I will send out stickers this week to those who deserve stickers. There we go. Corey's sending out the stickers. I don't even know what the stickers look like, but I hope they're dope. Cause it's I need our, ones. It's our main logo. My laptop. That's just our network logo. Okay. I missed the first stickers we had cello when we did the gorilla marketing and we put them online. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, I like the pumps. whole uh, six bit or eight bit or whatever it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Characters of all of us. Those are fun. Our, um, our the st- cello the sticker we put next to that Chinese restaurant is still there to this day back in our hometown. It's oh, just yeah. bleached by the sun, but it's still there. Mine's yeah. still on my laptop. Uh, um, it's good stuff. What else? Uh, so we have a book. If you go to the bitcoinpodcast.com, you'll see a big book on there. That's not someone else's book. That's our book. You could buy it. Cello made that. Cello made that. We all made it. You made it. Yeah. 
I did. Cello put we in made, the we made sweat contact. equity. You made it. You made it a book. <laughs> we created the ingredients, but he made the cake. And so you, it's got. Uh, so we ask. Uh, you know what, Corey? You know what I just realized. We didn't ask Lolly the question. Oh, we didn't. We are rusty. We're so rusty. so rusty. We're going to have, have to ask add... him in the email. He's in the slide. But, it, but at this slide. pace, though, volume two will never get published if we have one guest on every eight months. That's not going to happen. <laughs> we'll have more guests. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to ask Alex in the Slack what if he could describe Bitcoin in 10 words or less. So that way we didn't miss we didn't miss the beat. But you're going to have to get that response only if you join the Slack by going to the BitcoinPodcast.com, pushing the button that says Slack following the instructions if you can't follow those instructions you don't deserve to be in the slack sorry we'll see you around um let's see what else do we do uh cory writes awesome things he posts them under status now because we're just not cool oh, but pay everyone's me. <laughs> <laughs> they pay and, it's, me. and it's specifically designed towards like the status token so it's relevant to status which should go there it's all gravy we we get it cory we under we understand. Well, no, I'm kidding. Uh, maybe he'll post them to our little bloggy blog eventually, but it's it's rather bare now. But if you go to medium.com/slash Bitcoin Podcast blog, uh, we have articles. We have uh, an occasional newsletter from JT that comes. Uh, what else do we do, guys? Right now, we're really just trying to push the Patreon and the Slack. Join the Slack, become a patron. Uh, we will love you forever. We'll dance at your weddings. Um, Don't say that. I ain't doing that. Corey specifically will dance at your wedding. I, I, dance, this, I dance at your he's wedding. Got, he's got this circles maneuver. It is a good maneuver. Needs to see. It's a quality maneuver. It's you like wooden a, clogs. It's a, nah, it's a, I'm not he, that He wise. does, Jello. He grabs his wooden clogs <laughs> and he does this circle maneuver. Which That's is, racist. It's like a Taekwondo slash jujitsu Corey will know what I'm talking about when uh, Val- Valentina Shevchenko wins she does that weird dance yeah. you know what I'm talking about yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it guys uh, shout out to uh, Zoe Saldana Zazi Beats and the wonderful Carla Lewis uh, play Thank you.